I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 89 of the podcast. Happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and hit that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, dads, I have a couple of awesome guests lined up for you today on the podcast. That's right. I said guests with a plural because for the third time on First Class Fatherhood, I will be joined here not only by a first class father, but a first class mother as well. And I am very proud to have Penn and Kim Holderness with me today. The Holderness family are well-known all over the world. Their YouTube parodies have been seen by millions of people on YouTube. They are hysterical. And if you have kids out there who are aspiring to become YouTubers, as I do, then you do not want to miss my interview today with Kim and Penn Holderness coming right up in just a few minutes here. Looking ahead to next week, I will be joined here by some really awesome first-class fathers. Best-selling author of A Warrior's Faith, Robert Vera, will be here with me. Former security and law enforcement officer for more than 28 years, James DeMeo, who's got a new book out, will also be joining me here. And former Navy SEAL and very famous canine trainer, Mike Ritland, who hosts a podcast called Mike Drop, will be here with me as well. So come on, dads, lock it into First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much to everybody who is listening out there, supporting and encouraging me. I really love being a dad, and I am so honored to be in a position here to speak about fatherhood with so many amazing dads. And I really owe that to all of you listeners out there. As I am recording this, First Class Fatherhood is ranked number three on iTunes in the Kids and Family section. So come on, please spread the word about this podcast to any father figure that you know. Let's spread the word that fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and that every day should be considered Father's Day. All right. Right now, I'm going to smack you guys with a quick little spot here on how you can help support the podcast if you're interested. And I will be right back with Kim and Penn Holderness. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now is a first-class couple whose music parody videos on YouTube have been seen by millions of people around the world. They are very funny and very talented. It is a great pleasure for me to say Kim and Penn Holderness. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Hi, thanks for having us. All right, let's get going here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? We only have two. We stopped after two. We surgically assured that we could stop after two, uh, and they they are currently 11 and 8. <laughs> All right, very cool. What type of sports or activities are they into? Uh, they, all is the, the question or the answer. Uh, my daughter actually has taken a tennis, but she wants to try out for the school basketball team. My son plays soccer and tennis and any anything he can basketball. I mean anything he can. All sports. All he loves it all. He's eight and is obsessed. Okay. Do either one of you guys get an opportunity to coach the kids, or do you guys cheer them on more from the sideline? So it's so funny. I coached my daughter 
for one season in soccer at the age of three. And it was a disaster because she was hanging on to me. And anytime I tried to talk to another child, she began crying. And it's adorable, and I love her. Um, but it was it was a tough coaching situation. Uh, and then I tried it with my son, and he could have cared less who I was talking to. He just wanted me um, to coach. And so I've coached my son. Do I've, I've done football, soccer. I've done basketball and a little bit of tennis. Uh, okay, you guys blew up on YouTube. Millions of people have seen your videos. Uh, what was the genesis of this whole thing, and how many videos did you guys post before one of them went viral and took off? Uh, we started, so the first one that I think everybody saw was called Christmas Jammies, and that came mostly because, you know, we get all these adorable Christmas cards in the mail from people, and um, and, and our kids just wouldn't sit, uh, wouldn't sit for... A, a picture, honestly. And so we had started a video production company, and I said, why don't we just make a video? Um, that was actually the second video we ever put out. Um, and we weren't doing it so that millions of people were watching it. We thought maybe it would be a funny thing for our family, you know, to watch. But we were we were as shocked as anybody when millions of people started watching it, um, I'll be honest. Yeah, it was hilarious. My wife found the Christmas jammies one on YouTube and shared it with me, and I loved it, especially being parents. We we thought it was great. We loved the idea. Uh, tell me, what type of effect has all of the attention and fame had on the kids as far as, like, what effect has it had on them at school and amongst their friends? Great question. We can tell you uh, as much as we know. Uh, we don't go to school with them, but uh, it, it does seem that uh, – the kids that they go to school with know them as Lola and Penn Charles, not as that YouTube family. I think it affects them a lot more when we're in an airport or we're at Disney World or we are in a public or a Target. And, uh, you know, they, they've had to get used to kind of the, hey, we love you guys. Can we take a picture? Um, you're really funny. Here's our favorite video. It's all incredibly positive. I think at first it may have been a little bit disjarring, but um, I, I like to think that it's been helpful in some ways uh our daughter who i think was a little more shy and, and didn't really know how to do that initial in interaction with people i think that has helped her in that sense um as, as far as school i'm sure there are moments where they feel uncomfortable and uh, we are doing the best that we can to, to manage that but for the most part it's been positive and we we actually we do these kind of check-ins and we had one last night because there was a situation where my daughter, she's 11, so she's getting some more freedom, and she'll go, you know, she'll go to places with her friends. And I found out later that somebody walked up to her and said, like, can I take a picture with you? Which, again, as an adult, I'm still, like, flattered and surprised that people like us enough to want that. So it's still incredibly flattering. But as an 11-year-old, that's kind of unfair thing to put on her. And so she took this picture with this person and I'm like, how did that? How does that make you feel that somebody comes up and she's like, you know, it's okay. They were really nice. They were really nice. But I'm like, how about this? Let's do. So you don't even have to think about it. How about you blame it on me and say I can't take pictures with people unless my parents are here. And then you can just make me the bad guy because I'm like, I don't know if I feel real comfortable with people taking pictures if we aren't there to kind of know and, and, until she's old enough to kind of know, have a voice in that you know, to be strong enough to use her own voice and say, no, that makes me uncomfortable. 
but we, uh, you know, we ask them, like, how's, it, how's everything at school? How's that? And I think they're just, it's fine. And, again, at their school, it's just people are used to them. They know them as Lola and Penn Charles um, and out in the community. And, again, everybody's so nice, and it's so flattering that people would even, you know, think to, I don't know, like, want to know us. That's a very long answer. Can you tell that we've touched on a current subject? <laughs> yeah, once or twice, I bet. Uh, but it does make sense because even though we're in this whole Insta, Snapchat, Facebook uh, era where everyone's always posting pictures, I get a lot of requests sometimes from parents of the kids that I coach that'll come to me and ask me, hey, please don't share the pictures of my kids on social media. And those are just you know regular parents who aren't being downloaded millions of times on YouTube. So I can just imagine how it could be uncomfortable. Yeah, it didn't make her uncomfortable, but it made me uncomfortable because I'm like, how are they going to – is it really somebody that has her I, – I don't – I think it was completely – this one situation was completely harmless, um, but we hadn't really thought about it, which makes me feel like oh, there's like one more layer of parenting that I'm failing at. But, um, but we do have these check-ins, and we do empower them. If, if somebody comes up to us, if we're at Target or, you know, Penn brought up Disney World because the last time we were at Disney World, it – it seems like when we're all together, maybe we get recognized. We tell our kids, you don't have to be in the picture. Um, and Penn and I will do it, but, like, the kids don't have, they always, they think it's, they get a kick out of it, so they are, but that they know they have the choice. Well, along with all the flattery comes all the haters. So I'm kind of curious, how do you guys handle the criticism, especially when it's directed at the kids? And do the kids ever see or hear any of that criticism? They, and again, great question, they don't see it. They are not on social media. They don't have their own account. Um, they could care less about our videos. My, my eight-year-old watches a lot of, like, gaming videos, and my daughter watches slime videos. So they aren't right now in the comment section. And I would think that, like you said, you know, there, there are people that like the videos and leave great comments. But, of course, it's human. I mean, there are people out there just that just say mean things. Um it's mostly directed at Penn and I, and not so much the kids yet. Mostly me. No. Or well, I mean, you know, it goes back and forth. I, it's funny. There, she's right. It's ninety-nine percent directed toward the adults. I think haters, uh, trolls, whatever you want to call them, they generally do have this one moral scruple that no one feels good going after an eight-year-old. Yeah, but generally, but but that being said, again, my daughter, she complains she's the last person in sixth grade that doesn't have a phone, and so she also doesn't have her own social media, but, but we have conversations about it because it's going to happen, and she's going to want to have an Instagram account, and we have already had the conversations that, this, you know, people say things anonymously that are hurtful, they don't, we've already started that conversation so that she realizes, and she says she does, but I I mean, emotionally, can she be equipped for that? That people say things, they feel safe saying these terrible things, and it's not right, but we have to handle our own reactions. Like, how we react to it is more important than than anything, and you can't let it, you know, ruin her day. Um, And by the way, I have to remind myself of that, too. I mean, when they say things about me, I'm like, I have to work not to take it personally. Yeah, well said. And your reaction and response to it is really all you have control over. And to be honest, you wouldn't be successful, I guess, if you didn't have a few haters out there. So uh, it's a good sign that you've made it. What about disciplining the kids? Since all the notoriety and this thing really taking off, has it made it any more difficult to discipline the children? 
That's a good question. I don't really know if it's affected it either positively or negatively because it's been part of their lives now for five years. And they've changed. Oh, my gosh. They've changed so much since we started doing this. Uh, my son was three when um, when this first video came out. Um, I, I will say that we discipline our children like anybody else, and they get in trouble like anybody else. But it's a good question. I don't, I don't think it has not So they actually aren't in a lot of our videos. They, they are in some of them, but because they go to school and they, we, they have practices and sport, they play a lot of sports and we want them to play a lot of sports um, because, because they want to, A, and it keeps them in shape. There's so many, they, we love that they're a part of a team. So we actually don't have them in a ton of videos. So they, they're normal kids and they do stupid things sometimes and the, we run a tight ship and that's the part of parenting that nobody really warned me about is that you have to practice consistent discipline and you have to keep doing it which is so annoying it, it's way easier just to let them have endless screen time and all this stuff but to discipline to take away the you know the ipad or or close you know all that stuff if they're not if they're not pulling their end of the you know deal they're not doing their chores they're not doing their whatever we run a very tight ship um and we, that being said, they know their boundaries very well. Again, they're 8 and 11. I'm sure that's going to change, and they're going to challenge us. But they don't act out right now because I think they know they're rule followers at this point, and they, that hasn't been one of – I mean, we have our issues, but their behavior isn't, um, isn't one of them right now. All right, it is now time for a word from today's sponsors, and I'll be right back with more of the action on First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, I'll tell you something right now. I could probably get my kids up on the roof to clean the gutters out if I promised them 10 minutes of Fortnite. I mean, that thing took off. <laughs> yeah, but you have that, like, bargaining. And I, I do know that in, in a parenting book they're going to say, don't bribe your kids, but let me tell you, if, current, if the currency is 10 minutes of watching a gaming video – and that's, that's – I don't give you an allowance. I, I offer, like, screen time, and I can get you to clean your room and take out the trash and feed the dog and sweep and all that stuff. Um, then you get you get paid in screen time. Then I'm totally down. I'm not calling it a bribe. I'm calling it currency. Yeah, we call it negotiating. Oh, that's yeah. what we're doing. Okay, right now there are a ton of people that are trying to hit the YouTube jackpot. You guys have found success with it. So what type of advice could you offer to kids out there who want to be YouTube famous and for the parents of those kids? Okay, uh, good question. Kids, you should do it. Like, go for it if you want to. But um, but you need to be yourself. Uh, the kids are doing this because they're watching three or four or 20 people that they are inspired by that they want to be like, and then they push record on the button and they end up sounding exactly like those people. That's incredibly transparent. I think when it comes to social media, so you've got to be your own person. Uh, the other advice I would give to kids is even though you watch these gamers and you watch these creators and it looks like they're just extemporaneously pushing record, there is almost always some level of preparation and some level of editing that goes with that. So um, work on your storytelling and work on your writing and work on your preparation so that it's not just you uh, staring at a camera. Because once that record button starts, it can be a little bit intimidating if you're not prepared. And I would also say be prepared to be consistent. The people that have great success 
And let me be honest, like we have, I think we have more success on Facebook than YouTube because we are more parents as opposed to a child, like a kid voice. The kids have great potential to be successful on YouTube because there's a lot of kids watching YouTube. But to be truly successful at that, you need to be consistent. You have to upload regularly. And don't, but also just do it. Don't, don't think that it has to be professional the first time around. The first, the, those first few videos, it might just be your mom and your friends watching it. So that doesn't have to, so take the pressure off yourself of having to be amazing at this. I go back and look at our first videos and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so, you know, that we were so bad at, you know, you have to find your voice, like Ken was saying, you have to be authentically yourself and you do that over time just practicing. So hit record, be prepared to be like, underwhelmed by your own performance, but know that every single time it gets easier and every single time it could be more authentic. Yeah, awesome. That's some great advice right there. And I will definitely be having my older kids listen in on this episode. Another thing I'm kind of curious about is the song selection. How do you guys go about picking the songs that you're going to parody? And do the kids have any input on that process? How does the whole thing work? Honestly, the situation is the first thing that we think about or the theme. Uh, we look around at our lives and something is happening. And uh, I'll give you an example. You said Fortnite. You were talking about how your kids uh, use, um, you know, Fortnite is bargaining. And we uh, also experienced that not only in our family, in our neighborhood, and with our friends and just saw this, this, this craze and thought, okay, this is a good opportunity to write about it. And so once we know it's going to be about Fortnite and what the theme is, then we – say okay what's a good song that we can pair with this and so we did that and for this case you know Fortnite, good night uh if you can find something that's a close match that's rule number one and rule number two we like it to be something generally speaking uh that people are familiar with can either dance to or will kind of get stuck in their heads and if you can check off all of those boxes if you can make the video fun if you can make it relatable and if you can pair it up with a song where you find yourself singing no longer the original lyrics, but the lyrics to your song, then you've got a shot at something that's going to get, you know, uh, tens of millions of views, hopefully. Okay, very cool. All right, what are you guys working on right now? What do you guys have coming up? What's next for the Holdenist family? We are, uh, I'm actually in rehearsals for a live musical in Cary that will not be on any type of social media, probably, or television or or, or YouTube, uh, but it's funny we don't really plan that far out what our next video is going to be. We we are we have our own podcast. We love the podcast format, so we you know we just recorded an episode there. We do shoot. We are working on being a little more organized with our videos, but we we try to put out two or three videos a week. And yeah, like Ken said, he's he's doing one of the starring roles in the Rocky Horror Show, um, which is a, a local production. But a lot of people are down from New York for it. Um, so it's like new and cool and weird and different. Um, yeah, and I'm super uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but yeah, like a lot of different, like little, I don't know, like, you know, this in this medium, in this format, it's, it's kind of, you got to take it one day at a time, right? Yeah, you bet. I'm learning every day with this process and I never know who I'll be speaking with next. And I've really been so blessed so far and, and very thankful for how things are going right now, to be honest with you. Uh, all right, last thing I will hit you guys with. I always love to ask all the dads that are get on the podcast. I'm going to frame it up a little bit differently here for you guys. What type of advice do you have for the new parents or for those about to be parents that are out there listening? It's awesome. It gets better every year. 
hang in there. Um, the kids never stop being cute. <laughs> no, and, they they stop being and cute. They, and they they never stop making me smile. It gets I. And look, I loved our first year with the kids. I've loved every subsequent year even more. Like because they become this person, and it's amazing. Yeah, I love the message, man, and I'm with you 100%. I, I, I love being a dad, and one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast is just that there's so much negativity when it comes to fatherhood and parent life. Uh, people portray it like it's something to avoid rather than embrace, and I, I think that philosophy really needs to change, especially amongst the younger people. And I, I love that you're doing this podcast, and as a dad voice, I don't think dads are celebrated enough because most we were just having this conversation. Most of the men... I know are good guys and the dads I know are so involved they're, they they're coaching the teams and there's moms that coach the teams too. Let me not take that away, but they're doing just as much as with the kids that the moms are. And there, it, there are not a lot of voices really celebrating fatherhood. So I love that you're doing this podcast and, and, you know, and celebrating this because dads are awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and I agree. One of the things I always try to stress on the podcast is that we're not babysitters. We're fathers. Uh, too many times people see a dad out there alone with his kids and they give that reaction like, oh, you got the kids today. Good for you. Let me pat you on the back here. And that's the way dads are kind of portrayed on TV and in the media and in movies. And it doesn't really match up with most of the dads that I know. And the world has definitely moved on from viewing women as that sort of Alice Cramden character who just stays at home and that's it. Uh, but we still look at dads like that Ralph Cramden guy who can't seem to navigate his way through a diaper change. Yeah, and there's no more to the moon, Alice, and none of that stuff. And I think, you know, to your point, like any job, like any hobby, any passion, anything with fatherhood, if you, you, know, you get out what you put into it. So if you are present and if you are that dad who does the best that he can, no matter what that situation is, to be there for your child, you're going to get so much out of it. It's going to be uh, – the return of investment is – staggering if you put a lot into it well said and the prize is delicious and we were blessed to have our little princess on the fourth try and if we didn't get her then we'd probably have five kids by now <laughs> no i think it's uh, yeah i our and our kids and i'm sure your kids are as well our kids are obsessed with their dad and i think he i mean he provides discipline and not and, you know he, he does all he de- he checks all the boxes but he, he loves being a dad so much, and you can tell, and they just, they're obsessed with him. I love, it's such a cool thing to see. I agree. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And I'd like to say to the Holderness family, thank you guys so much for giving me a few minutes of your time right here on First Class Fatherhood. <laughs> okay, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. I will be right back after a quick spot. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Kim and Penn Holderness for giving me a few minutes of their time here. That was pretty cool. Please hit me up on Twitter. Drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. I hope everybody out there has a wonderful weekend and you bring it right back here to First Class Fatherhood next week as I have some very entertaining guests to bring you. I will have Robert Vera, James DeMeo, and Mike Ritlin joining me here on the podcast. So come on, guys. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And I hope you guys enjoy your families out there this weekend. And I will be right back here on Monday. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. 
We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers. Your half-truths and tales, as tall as a tree, and a soft feeling so.